Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, everybody? want to get into a topic that I don't think it's talked about very often by the financial advising space. But before I do that, let me just take a minute to explain. If you're new to listening, welcome. Appreciate you joining us. There's two formats of this show. The The first one is like today. It's a solo episode uh, where we can really dive deep on specific topics, whether that's about finance, tax, wealth management, uh, risk planning, like today is going to be about. And the other, and so that way we can go really deep into the tactics and, and give you as much information as you can. If you are someone who's out there just starting or, or doing some things on your own with your finances. The second type of show is where we bring on a guest where um, they either have an area of expertise outside of mine or they're in your space as a colleague and they can talk about some of their challenges and successes and lessons learned. So today, again, it's going to be a solo episode, but I want to, it's about health insurance and this is not a sexy topic. In fact, it probably drives people crazy. Um, it's expensive in the United States. That's, that's a big problem. In my opinion, these, uh, there's going to be challenges with the Obamacare, um, I'm not a fan of Obamacare, except I will say the way health insurance is set up now, there's no underwriting. So what that means is with Obamacare, it took away pre-existing conditions. That's the main thing. If you ask me, that's the main thing that I think is freaking awesome about it. So all you need to ha- have to get insurance is one a qualifying event, which we'll talk about today. And then that's it. You just go in and you give them your name, your address, and your age and your social and stuff like that. But all they're going off of, like the the cost is just your name and your age, basically. And so that drives the price. So if you are completely healthy, like probably a lot of people listening, they're in a fitness space, so they are young and healthy, potentially. There's no underwriting. They're not going to ask you any health questions. So just to dispel another myth that drives me nuts is when people say that healthcare is systemically racist. I don't know what it was before, but with Obamacare, there is no question about race. It's so like you could have health issues. You could have be any race. You just need to let them know your age and then boom, you get the coverage. So, and again, forget the pricing. The pricing is high and it's based on age as well in most states. So before we dive deep, I do want to give a caveat. The plans are going to differ from state to state. So it can be a challenge if you're working with an insurance expert, depending on the state you live in, because you do get better information when they are specific, have, have specific expertise in that state. So that is a challenge if you call the big guys like that have like a national coverage and you 
talk to someone at 800 number because then you're really talking about just price because talk to anyone who only specializes in one state. Now I have partnerships here in Nevada and I came to Nevada. Just if you don't know my background, um, I was living in New Jersey and moved to Vegas. So when I got to Nevada, even though I was doing health insurance for three years or so in New Jersey, maybe four, I can't remember, three or four years in New Jersey, I was uh, a registered agent for Obamacare for the state of New Jersey. I came over here and I needed to, to link up with a health insurance expert because yes, I could go on and get all the quotes. And I did that. I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to get, but I needed to speak with somebody who could specifically navigate Nevada system. And two, I could ask them a couple of questions to get a little more information on the specific plans. Cause in each state there's going to be, I don't think it's an exaggeration. There's probably like a hundred plans or more in each state because there's going to be a few providers, which is the insurance company. And then from there, they're going to have different tiers and different levels. Each provider could have 30 or 40 plans. And so if you really have a specific need, you probably want to talk to an expert who's independent in that, in that state. I say independent, I say this all the time when it comes to insurance, that's super valuable because if you go to, and I'm not picking on anybody, but if you go to like Blue Cross Blue Shield and you call them up and you ask them about the different plans, it's very unlikely if they don't have what you want that they're gonna send you to their competitor. Whereas when you sit down with an independent person, they don't really care who you go with. They're going to give you the best possible plan. Now, a little bit of background on how that works. If you are shopping for yourself or your business that has less than 50 people, take the advice of the person. Let me think how to put this. You can drop your defenses with the person that you're working with because the price that you pay is not controlled by them. It's controlled by the insurance company. So the price is the price, whether you go direct to the company or you go through an independent broker. The price is the price. They're getting paid by the insurance company or the insurance company is gonna keep it and give it to their internal people or just keep it. So that's one of the things that's pretty cool about when you sit down in front of a client and they just have a small group for their team or they're just buying an individual plan. They don't have to worry like, oh shit, could I get this thing cheaper if I just called the 800 number? The answer is no. The price is the price. So that's some, of, that's some of the background how health insurance works. Now, I'm lucky in that I have expertise in this because I had a former business partner who had done insurance for like 30 years back when it was actually pretty lucrative for the person selling it. That's no longer the case. So the problem with that is a lot of people are no longer servicing their clients with this information because it doesn't pay them to. Fortunately, I have the expertise already and I keep up with it to an extent because I want to have these valuable conversations. Like when I say to somebody, you know, like how can, or they ask me how I can help them, literally anything that comes to money, I can help you with. And when it comes to these specific areas like insurance, I know everything that I need to know to guide you in the right direction. And then we sit down with an expert in your area that I'm going to be able to ask them more, um, I don't say intelligent because that's not the right word, but I know what questions to ask them so that we can navigate through 
well, we need to for your specific area. But I don't try to be the expert. You know, I, I know enough that we can ask the right questions of the people who are in that local area that know the, the different coverages. So I'll give you an example. Um, and this is not, maybe I shouldn't say the, the company's name, but when I was in New Jersey, there was a new insurance company on the block. Uh, the premiums were super low. So in a way, if you were shopping online, the premiums were so low that you almost didn't want to use them because they're like, Jesus Christ, it's so cheap. It must be garbage. But they were new and they were doing that on purpose to try to get market share. But to their credit, they did a tremendous job of having their sales force reach out to the local advisors like myself and educate us on the quality of the coverage and how it all worked and the technology to make things easier for their customers. So long story short, I was like, all right, I'll put myself on this coverage, save some money. I'm confident with them. And then I started selling it. So had I not had that interaction with their team, obviously I was local to New Jersey. I knew them and they did a good job of educating us on the quality behind the price. Um, someone looking at that, like if someone from California was looking at the plan, they might just tell their clients, geez, this thing is so much cheaper than everything else. Let's avoid it. Um, long story short on that one, after a few years, they gained market share and they jacked my premium probably like I think 30 or 40%. So that's when I left them. But I was also on my way out of the state of New Jersey. So, um, but that's another reason why it's helpful to work with people local because I steered a lot of people towards them after I understood that the quality is there. The network is there. The doctors are in their system and the price is amazing while it lasted. So that's why it might not be talked about as much, but I don't want people walking around without health insurance because I don't have the statistic, but it's one of the major reasons that people raid their retirement accounts, have, file for bankruptcy or have horrible credit because something happened to them. You know, God forbid you break a leg when you have no insurance. That bill is going to probably be high five figures or low six figures, depending on the type of treatment you get. If, if you need to be driven somewhere, flown somewhere, um, the, the, the risk is too high, in my opinion, not to have it, especially some people listening that make pretty decent money, you're, you're playing with fire to walk around without insurance. We're going to talk about some inexpensive ways to cover yourself. But why, if you're listening to this when these come out, the open enrollment period is right around the corner. I'm recording this in mid-October. Open enrollment for 2023. It's October, right now, I'm recording this October 2022. Open enrollment is November 1st through January 15th. Now, I hate that it goes to January 15th, to be honest, because it throws people off. If you want your coverage to start as soon as possible, meaning January 1st, your open enrollment deadline is December 15th. So now you can go out to January, but your coverage won't start till February 1st. So if you are currently enrolled in a plan, if you want no lapse in coverage, meaning you don't want to skip January, your deadline is December 15th. Now, inside of this open enrollment, what that really means is any type of plan is available to you. Now, we're talking about the people in the individual networks. If you're in group coverage, the ability to switch it out of plans is basically all year round. 
but you'll have to leave carriers, uh, meaning the insurance company. I probably shouldn't use the term carrier because if, if you're unfamiliar with the world of insurance, they're usually called insurance carriers, insurance companies. Um, so if I accidentally keep using that term, that's they're interchangeable. Insurance companies, insurance carriers, insurance providers. I use those terms interchangeably, but um, I don't want to confuse people. Hold on a quick second. Just need to get a drink there. Okay, so right now, open enrollment, anybody could change their plans. Upgrade a plan, downgrade a plan, do whatever you want, and it's going to start on January 1st. Once open enrollment kicks open, which is going to be in two weeks as I'm recording this. Now, I've seen some misconceptions out there. I want to address this right now. If you're walking around right now with no health insurance, and obviously, depending on when you listen to this, you might have missed the open enrollment deadline, and you're like, shit, I don't have insurance. Hold on. There's a lot of ways to get around this because they have what's called special enrollment periods, SEPs, not to be confused with SEP IRAs, um, which a lot of uh, financial people talk about. Special enrollment period. And there's a few that are going to exist for everybody. Um, well, these do exist for everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I said it confusingly. But if you have a loss of coverage for whatever reason, that could be losing your job. If you got divorced and you're getting dropped from your spouse's insurance, that loss of coverage is going to kick open a 60-day window. All of these SEPs kick open a 60-day window for you. So did you move states? It's popular right now. People leaving the shitty blue states and moving to either the no tax states or the good red states. So I purposely differentiate that because I'm here in Vegas where Nevada has no state tax, but um, it's not quite red. I hear it's trending red, which is would be great, but it's not quite red. So if you're moving... Again, you have a 60-day window here. That's going to be critical because you're going to have to show proof of the person helping you get new coverage. That proof is going to be, um, depending on which one you use, it's going to be the new address or show them proof that you lost coverage and the date that you do. But you're going to want to jump on this right away. Um, if you're losing coverage, you might be offered, depending on where it is, you'll be offered like COBRA potentially. But often if you're coming off of a good plan, depending on where you worked, you might have really good coverage and they may in that scenario be like, okay, well, here's Cobra, but you have to start paying for it now. And oftentimes I see people come to me like my Cobra option was really expensive because we had this top of the line plan that the company was paying, you know, hundred percent of, or 90% of it. So you didn't realize how expensive it was because you were just paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month or less. But once it's on your lap, it's, significantly higher. So this is how you can drop off of the Cobra and get a better plan. And if you're self-employed, like most fitness entrepreneurs listening, this these premiums as a self-employed person are completely deductible. The, depending on if you have a, your spouse's coverage could potentially take that deduction away, but then you may not be having this conversation because you just be on their plan. So assuming that you are the person who's needing this coverage, go onto the premise with your tax advisor that you are self-employed and you're going to get these premiums deducted. Okay. So what are some more SEPs? Losing coverage, moving, getting married. That way you can throw your spouse on there as well. Having a baby, adopting, or this is an important one. If your income drops. 
Now, most often I'm hearing people, especially because of all the migration right now of leaving a high tax state to come to Nevada, Texas, Florida, that moving is just an easy no brainer. Um, Because I do hear people walking around with saying like, oh, I had to wait to January because I just moved. Please, if that's you, DM me at the Pat Darby. Let's get you enrolled right away. You don't have to wait for open enrollment. So again, depending on when you're listening to this, get get going. Uh, Myself and my partnerships, we can help you immediately. The second misconception. So those are the the SCPs. also be aware there's some loopholes. I'm not going to get into those on this podcast, but there's a lot of loopholes. So if you're walking around saying, I don't have these SCPs, again, DM me, we can talk because there are loopholes that I'm not sure why they haven't been closed. So I don't really want to talk about it on this podcast, but there's loopholes that we can, we can help you out with. And depending on your state, we'll link up with someone who knows the one in your state or we'll, or we'll confirm that the one that I've used in multiple states will work for your state and then we'll get you up and running. So the other, the other misconception is that you, when you're an individual, one of the challenges are, and again, when I say individual, like you're a business owner, but you work for yourself, so you're not in the group world, meaning you don't have any full-time employees that are going to help you get a group plan. So when you're in the individual world, one of the challenges, typically you can't cross state lines with your coverage because they are, most of them to keep their costs down, they just give you a small network, meaning that you can only go to get insurance in the state you live. And depending on where you live, that may not be a big deal. But when I was living in New Jersey, I was in Hoboken. So if you don't know where that is, literally we we were on the Hudson River staring at the Manhattan skyline, which from a view perspective is great. But the best hospitals in arguably the world were right across that river in New York. If you were an individual in New Jersey, more often than not, your individual health insurance did not allow you to cross that river. People here in Vegas might have the same uh, jealousy or angst where if something happened to them, the best surgeons or cancer doctors or whatever might be in Los Angeles. And oftentimes they will be stuck here in Nevada and not able to cross state lines into California to to talk to some of the the better doctors. So that's the challenge with the individual world. However, please be aware, your coverage is basically the entire world, but definitely the entire country from these insurance companies for an emergency. So if you live in Vegas and you're listening to this and you're out in LA and get hurt, or probably in nowadays you get jumped, And so you end up in the hospital because you got jumped in LA because their liberal city sucks and there's no crime right now or nothing's being prosecuted as crime. If you are in an an emergent state and you end up in the ER, you will have coverage in California for the emergency. Where it gets a little bit tricky is that if you're outside of your state and you get hurt and you go into the see a doctor, you have to be coded as an emergency. However, the, the paperwork gets filled out and sent to the insurance company. It has to be deemed an emergency by medical professionals. So what I mean by that is something more, this is just hypothetical, so don't hold me to this, but basically like if you rolled your ankle and to you it's an emergency because it hurts really bad and you go to the doctor or the emergency room, 
And for whatever reason, the doctor doesn't code it that way. Maybe it was just a slight sprain and they're just like, and they consider it mundane. Then you may be getting hit with an out-of-pocket bill. Out of, I'm sorry, out-of-network bill because it wasn't coded as an emergency. So maybe that's a bad example because I don't know specifically, I'm not a doctor, how they code if you like sprain your ankle. But that's the point. It has to be deemed an emergency by the medical professionals that you go see. But if it is, and again, like if we talked about you get hurt or jumped or hit by a car, and it really is a true medical emergency, you are covered anywhere in the country, even if you're coverage is just um, Nevada or California or Texas, wherever, wherever you live. So that's what I want to emphasize to people because if you're hurt in another state, please go to the, go to the emergency room, wherever you need to go. Don't be like, Oh, I'll just wait till I get to back home because I don't have coverage here. Again, it has to be an emergency. So when you're picking coverages, you do have to make sure you stay in network. So let's talk about how you're going to pick your coverage in general. You're going to have what's called a maximum out-of-pocket limit, M-O-O-P. So as long as you stay in network, that max out-of-pocket is the most an insurance company can ever charge you. So the way I look at it for my clients as a financial person, again, this is why I think it's important to have, have expertise in health insurance because it's part of your financial plan. We're covering the risks in your the risks in your life. So if I'm sitting down with you as a fitness coach and we're saying, all right, you want to walk around with no health insurance. Let's look at the risk of that. The risk is unlimited. Like God forbid you get a, a medical diagnosis that's that needs immediate attention or you get injured uh, severely and you need weeks of medical treatment, um, that, that cost could be infinite. You know, like we, I, I don't know, like you could get hit by a car and the surgery could be $400,000. Um, that would all be on you if you have no coverage. Conversely, if you have an in-network event, the maximum that you can pay, like let's say the max out of pocket for you is $10,000. I'm just making round numbers and your monthly payment is $500. It's the 500 times 12, which is 6,000. And then your max out of pocket of 10,000 in this hypothetical, the most you're gonna pay in that given year is the $16,000. That's your maximum risk, as long as you stay in network. Now that's important, because again, we just talked about the example of you go to California and you get jumped, and now you need to you end up in the emergency room. That is an in-network situation. Conversely, you go to California and you're not feeling very well. And maybe you go to the doctor with a cold or what? Uh, that's a terrible example. But you go to the doctor in California and no coverage is available to you because you went to do something non-emergent, but in, or maybe you just go see a, a heart doctor in California, that's out of your network. So that doesn't get included in your max out of pocket. So maybe you've had a lot of health issues this year here in Vegas, you've hit your maximum out of pocket. So you're like, cool, I'm good. I can go see doctors all over the place. Inside of Vegas, 
in California. There's going to be doctors that are likely out of your network. If you go see them, these max out-of-pocket limits are out the window. You're now paying out-of-pocket again indefinitely. So once you have an insurance coverage, you still need to be, be doing your own homework and setting appointments with the doctors that are in your network. Now, very important, don't trust people that work at the doctor's offices. You have to go through your insurance company, either through their website, which is usually pretty good, and but like look at the coverage that you have or call the number and ask for the doctors because the people at these, these uh, doctor's offices, they don't know. Like I had a really annoying situation with my health in, I don't even remember how many years ago, but it was in New Jersey and I knew how to do all this. And they sent me the, the a list of doctors. I told them, hey, this is my insurance. Send me a cardiologist in my network. They sent me two that were out of my network. And I had to tell them, I'm like, no, I'm not covered with them. Like, this is like the doctor's office that was giving me, they were referring me to a cardiologist. It was a I think it was an urgent care that was sending me to a cardiologist. The first two they gave me, even though I told them my insurance were wrong, they were out of network. So I said, no, those are out. They gave me a third one. I double checked. It was in network. I made the appointment and the rest is easy. But that's really important. You have to do your own due diligence because these people, they don't know. They deal with all these insurance companies. They might be like, oh yeah, I think we take this one. And they'll send you down the wrong, I don't know, the wrong lane and screw you up because you'll all of a sudden get a huge bill in the mail and the insurance company is going to deny the claim. And that's on you. Like you can fight it, you can appeal these things, but in those scenarios, you're probably gonna lose. So you have to do your own homework. Even when you get insurance, if you're about to go see a specialist, double check with, or not even just specialists, any doctor, you have to double check with your insurance company because they're the ones who really know. And if, you, if you're not sure, if you're on their website, screenshot it because if you end up with a bill that says out of network, denied, you're going into a, the appeal process and you need to have your proof. I've been through this appeal process with myself and it's very annoying. Even though I had evidence, I was still getting resistance and I was fighting it, fighting it. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, I don't think people probably talk about that enough. When you get a bill in the mail, you have a right to appeal if you think it's crazy or if you got screwed over, whatever the case may be, you have a right to appeal. And that, I think I've talked about this on previous episode, probably episode eight and nine, that we also did insurance uh, conversations. But I want to circle back to that because if you think that what you got in the mail doesn't make sense, you have the right to appeal. But when you start the appeal process, you have to let the insurance company know that you're appealing because that will stop the collections, which will inevitably happen if you owe them money and you're not paying it. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, so when you start down this process of open enrollment, depending on what your income is, you get the opportunity for premium tax credits. So if you're just starting out your business, maybe you don't have a lot of money and you're worried about having no insurance, but you're like, it's too expensive, apply for these premium tax credits. Depending on where your income falls, part of Obamacare, part of why people complain about their insurance being so expensive, it's because we are helping to fund the insurance for people who can't afford it. And that's based on your last year's tax return to prove your income. Now, if you're 
let's talk about some scenarios there. You sit down, your new fitness coach, you sit down, you go through the process and you apply for the premium tax credits and you get them. Now, what happens if you have a killer year, your business is off to the races and you blow past what you estimated you were going to make? No problem. What happens is you're going to get an interest-free loan from the government. So let's use hypothetical scenarios again. Let's say your insurance should have been 500, but they're going to give you $100 off just to make the math simple. So you're paying 400 a month. Maybe let me make it easier. It was supposed to be 300. They gave you $200 worth of premium tax credit. So you're only paying $100 a month now, which is a realistic scenario for someone making uh, not a lot of money just starting out their business. So you should be paying 300. You're going to end up paying 100. So those $200 per month, which is $2,400, you may owe that back. If your business soars, which is a good thing, no problem. You're going to owe the money back. But so just be aware of that from a, from a tax planning perspective, just be aware that you will owe that $2,400 back at the end of the year when you file your taxes because you made too much money. But you, there's no penalty. There's no interest on it. You just owe it back. But in my opinion, that's a good thing because you, from a cash flow perspective, you maybe couldn't afford $300 a month for the first six months of your business. Towards the end, maybe you were kicking ass and you could. Just make sure if you're not working with a tax professional, maybe remember this episode and start stocking away a couple hundred dollars each month, knowing that that credit will be due back to the government. So now let's talk about how you pick a plan. If you're picking a plan, the, the main thing you want to do, like we talked about before, the, the two things you want to search for in your current life are what prescriptions are you currently on and what doctors are you currently seeing? So you want to make sure that what you're doing is covered from an insur- from a prescription prescript- perspective because you want to be- make sure whatever plan you pick is going to help you get your drugs as cheap as possible. If you're not on anything, that's a separate issue. Same thing with your doctors. You want to know what doctors you're currently seeing and if you care to keep seeing them and make sure the plan has those doctors in network. That's very critical. Now, for most people that I talk to and when I've done a lot of these plans for young people, typically young people don't care. They don't necessarily have a doctor that they're like married to. Um, and obviously, if you're healthy, this is more the case. If you're if you're not healthy and you're seeing a specialist, this is even more critical that you make sure that those two things get addressed when you're going through this process of like, hey, I'm seeing Dr. So-and-so for my cancer or my heart or my brain or whatever. I want to make sure they're in network. That insurance broker, they're good. They should now check the system to make sure the criteria is a plan with that doctor or a plan that includes that drug as inexpensively as possible. Because this is part of what they should be doing is matching your plan up to make sure it's as cheap as possible with the things that you're already incurring. If you're not seeing anybody from a uh, medical perspective, if you're not seeing a doctor, if you don't have any prescription drugs that you're on right now, or the ones that you're taking are generic and they're super cheap, even if you are using out of pocket, like a good RX or one of those things to get a generic drug really cheap at the store. So you should check out good RX if you're on like generic drugs. Um, Cause it'll tell you where to go. Like it might be 50 bucks at CVS, but 
10 bucks at Walgreens or something like that. It, it, the, that app is actually pretty cool. So it's called GoodRx. But so that's the, the next criteria of how you pick your plan. What you need to be aware of as we drop into like the tax conversation here is how medicals medical is deducted. So you, the premiums that you pay, you don't have to worry about because you're self-employed. And again, just assuming your spouse doesn't have coverage, qualifying coverage to screw this up for you. And again, if they did, you're likely on theirs. But if, so assuming you're not, it's you're on your own plan, the premiums are deductible as someone who's self-employed. Even if you're an S-corp, the premiums are deductible. There's a couple of extra steps there. Talk to your bookkeeper, talk to your tax advisor. It's fully deductible. So the premiums we don't have to worry about. Obviously, we want them as, as low as possible. But what is not easily deducted is what you're paying on a monthly or annual basis for your out-of-pocket expenses, meaning are you going to a doctor? Are you getting hit with a copay or an, or a cost? If you have a deductible, you're probably just getting a cost or a cost-sharing amount of money that's out-of-pocket. Your prescription drugs, all the different things that are medical-related that you're coming out-of-pocket for, you can add all those up and deduct them as part of the medical tax deduction. But the problem is most people don't use it. The reason being is that the deduction doesn't kick in until you've deducted more than 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So just use round math. If you're making about $100,000 in your business profit, let's just make that simple and say that's $100,000 worth of AGI, you need to have $7,500 worth of medical expenses. Again, these are your out-of-pocket medical expenses, not your premiums. Those $7,500 is where the deduction begins. So if you have $8,000 worth of expenses, you give your accountant $8,000 worth of medical deductions, they're only deducting $500 for you. So you're like, shit, I have $7,500 worth of expenses that they're, they might as well be credit card expenses. Like there's no, or credit card interest. There's no deduction for you. You just waste it. That's the normal way. If those, so the, how do you get rid of that out of pocket cost? One, you might go and pick a plan that's more comprehensive so that you're paying more monthly premiums, but you eliminate those out of pocket costs. Because now if it's in your monthly premium as an as a entrepreneur, self-employed person, it's deductible again in your monthly premium. If you're saying, Pat, well, I am self-employed. I don't really see the doctor very often, but I don't know. I probably run a thousand dollars, you know, maybe prescriptions, maybe you go to urgent care for like a blood test or something or whatever. And you might just run like $500 or so of expenses or a thousand, whatever it is to avoid that being lost you could consider getting a health savings account, an HSA. So that is a type of plan you would pick. So that's why it's, this is the topic of during open enrollment because when you pick an HSA plan, it has to be HSA eligible. And the, the reason I say that is because there are plans that exist that they meet the qualifications that the IRS sets, but yet they're not HSA eligible. And that can be for a number of reasons. I'm not gonna dive into that. Just make sure when you're picking a plan, it, it is clearly stated that it's HSA eligible, health savings account. 
Now, what that allows you to do is it allows you to put money into an HSA the same way you do into a retirement account, like an IRA. You're getting a tax deduction to put it in, and that way you can reimburse yourself for those small expenses. Like if you just had $1,000, you can reimburse yourself inside of an HSA. What's cool about an HSA is that the money is yours forever. It's not use it or lose it like those accounts that you're, you might be familiar with if you had a nine to five, which is the FSA, which is flexible spending account. That money is typically use it or lose it. We're talking, this is like similar to your IRAs in that it's yours forever until you die. And so what's cool is, like I said, you can put your contribution in and right now, 2022, you can put in $3,650 per year as an individual or as a family, you can put $7,300 per, uh, per year. Uh, those numbers are jumping up in 2023, but I'm not going to dive into those yet. But it's $3,650 for an individual, $7,300 for a family. So what I love to tell people to do is, all right, you're going to start putting this money away. And if you're young and healthy, you're going to put that money away each year which is awesome. It's a tax deduction. There's no income limit. It's amazing. If you don't use that money, you can, you can invest it while it's there. It could, it could sit in a regular money market account, earning you minimal interest or nothing, or you can put it in the stock market. These accounts can be used from for an investment purposes, the same way your IRA can. Now you might have to search for somebody who will let you do it because they're not everywhere, but a lot of places do it. It's, it's allowed is what I should say. You just maybe got to go and look around. If you need my help with it, um, I do this for clients. I do this for me. So if you want to shortcut yourself on looking, just hit me up. Because uh, I don't want to blast out there with one that I recommend just because someone might not like that one, which is fine. But you're going to be able to put that money away each year. So that when we talked about earlier, that max out of pocket number, that money is going to sit there available for you. So if God forbid five, six years from now, you have a major medical event and that your max out of pockets, 10 grand. So you're barely using the doctor year after year. Then something happens. You end up in the hospital, you hit your max out of pocket right away and you get a bill in the mail for $10,000. Let's just say that's the max out of pocket. And your HSA account at that point could have 15, 20, $30,000 in it. Boom. You pay it off. No problem. So that's, that's the advantage. And even more exciting is if nothing like that really ever happens, maybe just nickel and dimes, like thousand here, thousand there throughout the years, you could build up massive amounts of money in these accounts. If you're putting in your $3,600 every year, plus the amount that are going to increase it for inflation and all that good stuff, plus the growth, because inside of these accounts, it's, it, it works like a retirement account. There's no taxes on the growth. And if you pull the money out for a, what's called a qualified medical event or qualified medical expense, sorry, there's no taxes there either. This is the only possible way to do a triple tax-free retirement account because triple tax-free, meaning you put the money in, tax deduction. You don't pay any taxes on it. You, the money grows, no taxes on it. You pull it out for a qualified medical expense, no taxes on it. It's really hard to do that in any other scenario where you have a zero tax situation on every penny. Now, 
that's the cool part. Like I said, the other cool part is when you reimburse yourself is not, you don't have to do it immediately. So like what I do with mine, whenever I, the, the provider that I use, every time I use my HSA for qualified medical expense, I swipe my personal credit card, but then I take a picture of the receipt and I log it into my HSA provider's website and it just keeps accruing. So at any point I could just go in there through the years and say, reimburse now. Otherwise it just keeps accruing, accruing, accruing. So that way you're doing two things. One, you're getting the points on your credit card, which is cool. And two, the money is still growing tax-free. Whenever I want to pull the money out, I can just pay myself back. And that money will be still be tax-free uh, disbursement because it was spent on a qualified medical expense. But it can stay in there making money for me. So my money can be making money for me. And I already paid for the expense and I already got the, the credit card points. And so, again, I'm not saying credit card debt. I, I recommend you pay your credit card each month. That way you're just using the system to get the points and then also get your tax-free growth. If you continue to do this for the next 30 or 40 years, you can start using this money just like you would an IRA. Like there's a, there's a penalty to pull the money out early where you're gonna pay taxes and a 20% penalty. Typically retirement accounts, it's 10, it's 20 inside of these. But once you get to age 65, you can pull the money out with no penalty and then you just pay the taxes. So again, I'm not recommending you do that, but if you do great with this thing, if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s and you just contribute, 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 and you've had very little medical expenses that needed to come out of it, this thing could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you have a lot of opportunities at that point. You could start using it for your Medicare expenses in retirement. Maybe in retirement, you actually do have higher medical costs, which is common to see for retirees as they get older. Or you can just start pulling the money out and pay full taxes on it. Um, if you pass away, it can roll to a spouse's HSA. Or if you're single when you pass away, uh, you just have a beneficiary and it would, it would transfer just like an IRA would transfer to a beneficiary. So there's a lot of cool features there. And again, I'm really, I want you to look at the, if you're young and you're healthy and you're not spending a lot of money on your health insurance or your health in general, I really want you to consider an HSA because they're typically one of some of the least expensive plans, which is nice from a cash flow perspective. Two is another way to start building your retirement assets through these accounts that you can put your money into. You're going to get a tax deduction. And then on top of that, the ability to keep, oh, sorry. On top of all that, you have the ability at any point to have a nest egg of money used for your medical expenses. If you have a really high premium insurance plan and you end up not using it for whatever reason, maybe you, you thought you were going to have surgery, but you didn't need it, those dollars are gone. Whereas in this scenario, if you're pretty sure you're not going to have many much medical issues, you can get an HSA plan and start making those contributions. Uh, and the contribution time frame is April 15th. So that's another perk is that you have like the, all the IRAs and Roth IRAs. You have a few extra months after the year ends to continue funding it. And again, I think I mentioned before, there's no income limit. So I'm not saying everyone should get an HSA by any means. You really need to consider how those plans work. Cause they are the cheapest ones, but you are going to have a lot of out of pocket cost until you start hitting your deductible. 
And to qualify for an HSA, they have to be high deductible plans. So that is a kind of a bummer for some people to realize like you kind of have no insurance until you hit these high deductibles, which could be five, six, seven thousand dollars a year. So you're walking around with basically a blank check on your on your face like, or your forehead of six, seven thousand dollars before any sort of insurance kicks in, which might be overwhelming for people. But with each passing year that you do the HSA and you do the HSA funding, you're going to have more and more cushion because you're going to have all that cash sitting there. And obviously you're going to roll some to invest, I would recommend. Um, and maybe just keep enough that's your deductible. If you if that would make you comfortable and anything above that, you don't you know you're not going to likely need that for this particular calendar year. So that's how health insurance works. And I want you to make the main takeaway, don't walk around without health insurance. If you're not making a lot of money, go get those premium tax credits. And the other thing, I forgot to have this political rant earlier. When people say health insurance is not available for everyone, they are wrong and it's annoying and pisses me off because there is a Medicaid system in every state. And that is for people who are making virtually no money. I think it's below $13,000 a year or so for an individual and it's lower or higher if you have a family. So stop letting people walk around saying like, oh, health insurance is a right and it's not fair. It's like, well then call Medicaid and shut the hell up because that is what it's for and we're all paying into it. So, and that's what it does. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, it is what it is. If you don't have any income, this system exists. So if you have a friend who's making no money and they don't have insurance, get them to apply in their state for Medicaid, not, not Medicare, that's for retirees. Medicaid is a state-funded health insurance system for people that have almost low or no income. So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to articulate there, but it's really important you understand that. If you make no money, you have Medicaid available to you. If you make very little money, you have the Obamacare system offering you premium tax credits. So, whether you agree or disagree with the way our health system works, don't let the cost, if you're not making a lot of money, be the issue. If you make a lot of money and you're spending all of it, then you're probably going to feel like health insurance is expensive and you're going to get no relief because you, the IRS can see you make good money. So they're not going to give you more assistance. But if you legitimately, you're just starting your business or you're young, you have the opportunity to get relief on those monthly payments. And I highly recommend it. And also, Tell your friends this if they're walking around without health insurance because they have very low income and they think that they can't afford these premiums. Go into the Obamacare. Each state's going to have their own system. At one point, the Obamacare, which is healthcare.gov, covered like most of the country. Now a bunch of states started adopting their own system and their own website portal, which I think kind of sucks because it makes it more confusing. And quite frankly, I was... In the past, I was able to help people all over the country because it was the same website. I could just be like, hey, I can't really help you with the plan per se, but I can teach you how to see how much your premium tax credits would be. Like, I don't know the plans in you know, Missouri or something like that, but I can help you navigate a way to save money on your premiums. And then you're going to have to pick your plan on your own because I don't know the, the providers there. Now it's getting clunky because every state has their own and it's not easy to navigate if you've never seen a specific, a particular state's um, portal. But 
please go out during open enrollment. Talk to a professional. If you need my help with it or need me to help you point you in the right direction, I'm happy to do so. Um, but just don't walk around without health insurance because the risk is high and the ability to find a way to pay for it, um, it exists out there. So again, you don't have to like the way the system works, but people like myself and depending on what you're making, you're we're paying at a premium because we're subsidizing others. Again, you don't have to like that, but that's the system. So if you're in an income bracket where you're stressing, the system is subsidizing you right now. So go take advantage of it. So that's the, the most I can do. I mean, I don't know if I'll do any more coverage on this in another episode. Um, I think I covered everything that I really wanted to about how the system works and how to take advantage of it for your benefit. And again, I just can't emphasize enough. Once you have the coverage, you have to do a little bit of your own due diligence to make sure you're staying in network because it's critical. And last point, if you get a crazy bill from an insurance company, don't be afraid to appeal it. It'll stop collections while you're going through the process and you may get a favorable outcome because they make mistakes. All right, guys, go out there. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us this week on Build Your Wealth Muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. For video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at the Pat Darby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.